Welcome to another episode of Mentored Minds. Today, we are joined with another wonderful guest called Leon Liang. He worked at Microsoft as a software engineer for almost three years and has now moved as a senior software engineer to a startup called Apprentice.io. In today's episode, we'll chat about why he felt this was the right choice for him. First of all, welcome, Leon. Thank you. <laughs> Very excited to be here to talk about me and my life. <laughs> so, um, Leon, we have a little bit of a tradition on the show that we try to keep. We usually ask each other to talk about a win of the week. And um, this can be something like remembering to water the plants. Or it can be something really cool that happened at work. So do you have any wins of the week that maybe you want to share with us? I, I have a couple. Ooh. One in the realm of video games. I beat a boss that I haven't beaten in quite some time. And, and that was rewarding. But then in work-wise, um, we, we pushed really hard this week for a major kind of multi-million dollar deal. And we're hoping to win our year back from it uh, soon. But we're very hopeful right now. And how did you contribute to that? Like, why does it feel like a win for you and not your company? Well, this dives into more of that benefit of startup is I feel closer to the product, right? So wins for the product is a win for me. And not only that, but I directly contributed to this in quite a major way. I developed the features that they were asking for and things like that. So that's a major win. Yeah. Right? Nice. How exciting. <laughs> oh, oh. I should have been thinking about that while Leanna was talking. <laughs> we were practicing what we call um, active listening. And this is where you listen to what someone's saying without having to think about what you're going to say next. So that's <laughs> good job. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, I did cut my hair, which I've been wanting to do for a while. So that's pretty exciting. Yay. <laughs> what about you, Sabina? my win of the week so i i had a win of the week in the sense that i was um i guess it's a confidence win of the week i went to a meeting and i felt that maybe i overstepped with the amount of feedback that i was giving basically there's a meeting that we have and we're all deciding what the best format for this meeting should be and like how it's basically all of like dev managers and pms so it's like a leadership type regroup and right now what we do is we go over like status updates and that's not always very helpful because you don't need to know as an area owner, every single status update for every feature of another area, you just need major updates. Right. So I gave like a lot of like, just very direct, unfiltered feedback. Right. And I felt that maybe it might've been overwhelming, but um, then I had a one-on-one -on -one with my manager and he's kind of like, Hey, like, you know, we sent an email asking for feedback and I noticed you didn't reply. Why was that? And I, I purely said that I wanted to give space for those who are maybe a little bit more timid than I, um, or a little bit more soft-spoken to feel like they could voice their opinion. I, I feel like sometimes I can trample because I'm so loud. You know what I mean? And he was like, no, just reply, <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah. okay, fine. So, you know, one other person had replied and I, I gave my thoughts and every single, every single other person on the PM side replied saying, I 100% agree with Sabina. You know, like that's my exact thoughts. And it felt, it feels really good because I felt that lately where I articulate things in a way that's more like, here's, here's what we should think about. Like, what are we trying to achieve? 
rather than how, like, what is our goal? And is this what we want to do? And um, I feel like that's been resonating really well this week with a lot of my team. And that's really nice. That, so that's my win of the week. That's nice. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, we have some solid wins. Yes. Yeah. Glad right. that everyone had a win this week. <laughs> Yeah. So to dive in, the first question we have for you is how did you know that the move to the startup was the right choice? I think there's layers to those questions, right? Um, I think the first layer is it, it depends if someone is coming from a bigger corporation to a startup, if they're looking into that, or are they kind of deciding straight from college whether they want to do corporation or startup. I think there's a different mindset between the two. And I'll, I'll speak for the, the latter, which is going from this big company and, and making that move to startup. How do I know? I had to do a lot of research, but ultimately for one, as I'm going to college, one thing that is reoccurring to me is that I like starting up new projects. So for me, I, I spent half of my years in college going to hackathons all over the country and just participating in entrepreneurship, innovation, and things like that. So I always knew that I wanted to be a creator. So then almost three years at Microsoft, I started thinking about moving to somewhere else, right? One thing for me was like, I think that is worthwhile for anyone to kind of adventure the, the world of engineering and, and see a different mindset and different engineering practice than what they're used to, right? It's never good to kind of stay stagnant, at least not for me, right? Um, then when I was entering, I, I haven't quite decided that I was going to start up versus uh, another corporation. I interviewed for both. I was I went through so many loops between startup life and, and smaller company versus big companies such as like Dropbox, um, Snapchat, and other well-known brands, right? And my questions for each of them were different, right? Like when I'm interviewing with a corporate, I ask about the benefits and their things like that. When I was interviewing with a startup, my question leaned toward what are they doing? What is the life there? And for them, why startup, right? Because I myself was in between startup life and and corporate life. And, and I think there's three people during that time that really clicked with me and they gave me three advice. One advice, it came from this former coworker now and his dad and what he told him. And this is, you got to think of life as taking the most optimal path of where you are at the time and not thinking about the future. Um, and what that means is, is the current opportunity that you're presented better than what you are in right now, right? And if that's the case, then there is no harm in taking that step. It's still a move up, right? Because I think part of, part of the reason he told me this is I was concerned that moving from a small company, I mean, a big company to a small company will hurt my future career, right? How would that look? Um, in the future, if I want to go back to corporate, right? And that helped me ease the mind that maybe, yeah, maybe I should take the most optimal path, right? And the most optimal path so happened to be a startup at so the can time. I clarify really fast because yeah. that's like a lot of really great content, but I kind of want to summarize the point that you're trying to get across. So there, there was a couple of things that you mentioned. So I want to take just one step back. And that's to, you said when you're um, interviewing at a 
corporate or a large company yeah. right? versus interviewing at a startup. So you said, you know, when you're talking to a corporate and you're past the basic questions of like, uh, what yeah, you, know, yeah. you start to think, okay, like the thing that's going to help me with the deciding factors are what are the extra benefits you offer? Right, right. Because right. you're more established, you can probably yeah. afford it. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So right. how can you benefit me? But you said that when you start to look at a startup, you start to ask, what are they doing? And that right. can be a little misinterpreted. So I, I just wanted to really drive mm. home what you meant. Are you talking about like, what is their vision of what they'll become or what mm-hmm. is the problem they're trying to solve? Like what both, what are you looking for in that question? I think when you're moving to a startup, one's the most important thing to you is you join a startup that you believe in. Um, you think that there's a future in the technology that they're making because ultimately you are taking a chance on something that, um, might work really well or might not right and and it's best for you to pick something that you truly believe in yeah and and this comes actually to the second um person that i talked to that gave me advice and this guy was part of a startup that i interviewed with and he came from amazon to a startup and actually he's they were one of the first company that I was really interested in as a startup. So I actually had him call me twice, <laughs> once during the interview, right? And then once after, and the question was pretty much the same to him. And it was why startup for him, right? Right? Why didn't he stay corporate? Why didn't he stay at Amazon? Um, what he told me was that corporate life just wasn't for him, right? He he didn't like the large, um, that large corporation feel of like him being uh, a sm- small fish in a large pond per se, versus like in the startup, he's, he's this gigantic shark in this like small, small pond, but he feels like he's making more impact, right? Yeah. Um, and and part of that means that I think if you look toward life and just think about what you want to do, right? Some people might prioritize stability and money. That's fine. And then some people might prioritize like impact, right? Like they want their job to be fulfilling. And for him, he just found that that startup life was more fulfilling for him. And then my follow-up question was if he will ever go back to a corporation, and he told me no, but that's, I haven't made that decision yet. So I don't know if I will or not. I'm just telling what he said as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's really interesting that you, you were able to talk to other people that went from corporate to startup to take that as yeah. inspiration, I guess, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. So you said that you would select a startup to work at with one that has a product that you would believe in, but that could be true for larger companies as well. But I think that the point that you were trying to make is that at the startups, you have more visibility in the work that you do particularly. Mm -hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I could, I understand what that means, right? I, I myself was part of this big product over at Microsoft. And I know that my product impacted a lot of people. I know it's impactful, right? But it's more than like how the product's impacting is for me, how do you feel you are impacting the product and the customers and like that, right? Um, So one difference I could tell you is like the deal that we are working on this week where it's a 
kind of like a multi-million dollar deal, I had more visibility, right? There's more transparency in terms of what I'm doing. Why am I building this, right? And and what can this thing that I'm building do for the company and do for the product? So I guess for that reason is like, I guess point baking is transparency is really is really a key there for me, at so least. Contrary to what Leon is saying, I'm going to talk about what Leon actually did. Like what he said during this, because I, uh, in case you need to add this, I live with Leon. Uh, <laughs> so I saw Leon the past week or last two weeks when he was working on this deal. And he's advertising it as, oh, you know, it was this multi-million dollar deal that they were really trying to win. But when he first told me about it, money was not even the question. Well, how it could impact the product? Not even a question. The one thing that drove him, so he had to build a lot in one week. He had one week to build a lot of stuff as a POC for this customer. And the one thing he kept saying is, we're going to be helping this. And I can't talk about the company's name and all, but like, we're going to be helping this company make an amazing improvement. And they're delivering this to society. They're going to make this awesome impact. I'm going to be part of that. That's what he said when he was building it. Sure. In hindsight, now you're thinking, oh, look at the huge contributions I'm making to the company. But at the time he was driven by something different, something that I would say, I'm not even driven in at my job. My job, it really is, oh, I'm working with this big whale of a customer or whatever, but it's not, what are they doing? What is that customer doing with this really great impactful product? Yeah, that's, that's very true. I, now that I think about it, the first thing that I thought of was um, just how is my code going to make a difference in the world? And this is like the first time, I guess, I feel like it makes a humongous difference, right? Like it, it really is a game changer if we could pull this off. That's amazing. And that's something like for me, that's something that I really care about. Like when I've been choosing career stuff, I always you know, it's like how much I enjoy it, but also making an impact like that is something that I really would love to do. Like I would love to be in like Leon's position, but I never really considered when I would think about it, I would think that the big companies are the one making all the impact. So I I really like, you know, what you guys are saying. I'm like learning from this, giving me like a new perspective of things to consider for my own career. So I think that's super interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think the first person I heard this from, so Leon mentioned that the second person he got advice from, the person that went from Amazon to startup, said that corporate life wasn't for him, right, for this person. The first time I heard that line was actually from Shayla. <laughs> I remember I was in college, we were sitting in, uh, yeah, we were <laughs> yeah sitting. But, I was, but I was thinking like in terms of like academia and like research labs and versus was- industry. But it was for a, a similar reason, wasn't it? Wasn't I it? I guess, yeah. I didn't want to be. I hate to to assume this or say that. I'm not saying that this is a fact, but there's sometimes where you feel more like a coding monkey than a contributor to to impact, than a contributor exactly. to something that makes a difference. And I think that you decided in that moment that you really didn't want to be a coding monkey. You know, not to say that yeah. you will be, but you decided <laughs> in that point, that, like not not even gonna get close to that. I need to be in yeah. a very decision making. Uh, position you made that decision and I think that's very relevant to like the feedback that Leon was getting from this person right 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 yeah I mean I was just thinking that from like a different perspective like that's why I went into research instead of like Mm -hmm. the traditional software engineering because I thought that in the traditional software engineering you were more likely going to be stuck doing code monkey stuff but I see that's not the case obviously it was a bad assumption of my on my part so I don't know it's just interesting to see it from this perspective now 
you made a decision that works for you. You know what I mean? Because there is that risk. There is very much that risk in anything, even in research. It's true. You don't like take life by the horns. You know, you're yeah. going to become like a drifter instead of an innovator, you know? Yeah, sorry, Lynn. I didn't mean to, I know that you have yeah. one more piece of advice to give. The third one, I guess, is more philosophical. And it wasn't from someone I knew, but rather I was watching a YouTube video and and a YouTuber um, is Gary Tan. And Gary Tan is a venture capitalist. He worked at Palantir and things like that. He's now um, investors and in a VC and multiple firming. He has his own YouTube. Great YouTuber. One thing that I picked out basically when I'm 80, right? Or I'm at the age of retirement and I just not looking to work anymore, right? Did I regret the choices I make, right? And if I did not make this choice, if I did not join the startup that really speak to me and, and, and urge me to join, would I regret it? And ultimately, I don't want to live a life with regret, right? So if I can picture myself at 80 and I look back and I think for myself, what make me feel happier, more fulfilled? Would it be to join another corporation or would it be to take my chances at the startup, which could or could fail or it could succeed wildly. And to me, I wanted to try it out. I, I didn't want that regret in the future. And I just didn't want to like think back and like, oh man, I should have, I should have done it right now. I ne- I would never know what it was like. Right. And you're, you're young and you have a, a good support system. So it, it's now I feel like is the right time to take risks like the one that you're taking. Yeah. But one thing is there was a recruiter that I talked to and he's a great recruiter, but he, he was honest with me. He's like, when you're looking at this jump, right? This is the only chance you'll probably be able to make a jump with little to no negative in terms of financials, because as you get older and get more experience in the field, chances are, and you, and if you're in a corporate, chances are you're getting paid a lot of money that the startup would almost never be able to match. But at this stage of my career, I can jump to a startup with little financial like downgrade or impact per se. That's also another factor in making that decision is is thinking about, I guess, when do I do it? And I guess when you do it is sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not saying that you can't do it later in your career, just just acknowledging the fact that doing it later might have other factors, right? You might have kids, you might have more responsibilities that might tie you down and say, I really want and I need to do the safe choice, right? Or I'm really am encouraged to save choice for my kids, for my family, financial stability for yeah. whatever reason. I think it's that risk and reward, right? Yeah. And I feel like when it's just you, like you can be a lot more risky. Yeah. But when it's you, four kids, a mortgage, a sick family member, taking care of your parents, which starts to happen the older you get, the the reward starts to seem less compared to the risk, right? Yeah. So you were in a particularly good place, but it doesn't mean that as you get older, you'll be in a worse place. It's just yeah. more likely. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't do it in the future or when you have 10, 15 years of experience. It just means that just be 
aware that there are some factors that will go into play in the future that you might not take into account, right? Yeah. So um, this actually reminds me of something. So this one time, I was just alone for a little while. I was home alone and I was watching like TED Talks and stuff. And if I remember correctly, uh, based off a talk that Steve Jobs had given. And I don't know if Steve Jobs started this theory or this way of thinking, but it's something that he proposed, uh, supposedly lived by. And it's this idea that you, every time you make a major move in your life or every, every so often, the way that you would do spring cleaning in your closet, right? You take a moment and you pretend that you could start life all over again. Right. And if, if today you had a blank slate, you could go to university, study something completely different, travel, move. You start to ask questions. If I'm a blank slate, if I have none of my past things that might hold me down, would I be living in the same place I'm living now? Would I be in the same job that I am in now? Would I have the same thoughts on X, Y, Z? Like there was like five or six questions. And as you start to answer those, when you're done answering them, give yourself a hard look and say, why is it that these things are dreams? Why can't I go live in that place that I really want to live in? What is actually stopping me? And most of the time, you're going to find that it's your inability to outgrow what you think you deserve or what you think you can achieve. It has nothing to do with how achievable those things are. It's your expectation of yourself and of those things. And I, that, that somewhat reminds me of this because mm-hmm. it's really like, okay, if my short-term goal is to experience more in tech. Mm-hmm then going to a startup where I know I'm going to have like full stack responsibilities, high pace, but really good, like impact reward, then that's the thing I should do. It's not about playing it safe. It's about that thing that I want to do. Right. And your risk again with, with uh, some risk reward, (laughs) it's just a little bit because you're still human. You have it. Right. Um, I I think it makes sense. I think the move that you made. You're also never like stuck there. You can always go back if you realize that you made the wrong decision. Well, I guess that was one of my concerns, right? Like if I move to a startup, right? I no longer on the top of my resume is no longer this big name company, right? And I feel like maybe recruiters will stop reaching out to me because I no longer work at Microsoft or whatever the case is. And well, I so far it doesn't seem to be true. <laughs> I I still get a recruiter messaging me on a regular basis. And another thing the recruiter told me is like, he's like, quote unquote, once once you have that big company or that corporation experience, they're not gonna take it away from you. It, it stays on your resume, it's always gonna be there, right? It's part of your experience. And that will always play a factor, right? When when like a recruiter is reaching out to you and whatnot. Yeah, that's also important. I feel like when we were in, like when we were, when we were undergrads, it was like either you go for the big tech companies or you failed. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. The, very much the vibe that we experienced. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. Think but that's so. clearly wrong. <laughs> it is so wrong, but I understand yeah. why we did it because once you have a big name, it makes a lot of things easier. Do you know what I mean? It makes it much easier for you to get whatever you want because that's just the society we unfortunately live in. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's so not important mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. That, that being said, I do want to point out that there's something that I I am glad that I chose a big company first versus a startup first. I learned, I really learned like the intricacies of like 
I guess, good engineering practice and what what a good software engineering system looked like. So much so that, like, I joined this new company as a senior software engineer, right? And and there was a bit of imposter syndrome, uh, fear into it when I joined, right? Like, I didn't feel like I was qualified to be senior, right? And and that's when I I joined the company and I looked at the I was able to compare how they're doing engineering versus how I was doing it before. And from my experience, I'm able to like really make contribution that that pushes it out of like startup realm into a company realm, right? Like the good engineering practice, what I saw worked and also things that I saw didn't work, right? And I was able to warn them ahead of time. of like, hey, this is gonna cause X problem in the future. How do I know that? Because we dealt with it, <laughs> right? I dealt with it per se, right? right. I seen it fail, and, and that that for one is one I think benefit of coming that join a big company and I move to a small startup afterward. Yeah, which might not be the case if you come from like a small company. What you're saying is you could easily build like bad engineering Habits, practice, right? Yeah, Habits, and you yeah. might not know, right? That definitely is a factor as well, right? Like. When you're coming out of college, you might not know as much. And if you do happen to join maybe a company that doesn't have as good practice or good mentors there, then maybe you might not know. Not saying you're a bad engineer or you're going to be a bad engineer. It's just that it's going to take a lot more self-discipline to really research into and knowing what good engineering practice is. And I think being able to see it hands-on is is very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like coming straight out of college, that's not something I'm. I would really be worried about as a like entry level engineer going into a startup. I wouldn't be like, hmm, let me make sure I keep my good engineering habits. Oh, you yeah. probably lose them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it takes you get lazy. Practice. I feel like we don't even really learn good engineering practices. We don't college barely learn engineering. Let's be honest. Like you learn <laughs> the theory of engineering, which is cool, but a lot of what you learn in like coding practices, how to even make smart decisions in code, as far as like architecture or design that comes from learning from seniors, like people who have been doing this for years, which might seem like rigorous uh, procedures. That's where you learn those habits, right? So then I have uh, one last question, which is as far as, you know, joining a startup, right? Is there anything else in the sense of like um, big company to startup move that you felt was it really impactful that you wanted to share with everyone? Anything else? Um, big company to small company move. Or startup rather, from a large company to startup. Is there anything else? You kind of talked about visibility. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, right? Like, so when you were working at this large company, did you know about like how uh, customers were using your product or what customers were using oh. them? And how is that different at a startup? Yeah, for one, I think in my previous life slash team it was very i do get the customer feedback but a very particular customer feedback is all the negative customer feedback is <laughs> all the bugs and issues that i see right like so i only known my product to have lots of bugs and issues right and it is not so much until like way later in my experience in team where i realized there are a lot of customers that are using our product and it 
just works fine with them, right? But at a startup, I, I get that right away, right? Um, we're a, we even have a Slack channel to share customer successes and things like that. And everyone in the company sees it. Uh, granted, our, our company is like 40 people. So <laughs> it's really small and it's okay to share with everyone, right? But you're able to really see the impact. So, and I'm still going to play devil's advocate here. Um, yeah. How many big decisions like fall on your shoulders since you have a team that's relatively small? And is that stressful or do you find it encouraging and motivating? So the thing is, I can see how it can be stressful for someone, right? And it's not always sunshine and butterflies, right? Uh, like last week, because of this customer, I I worked so hard on this thing for a whole week, right? But at the same time, that just feels like on call slash DRI duty at a big company. <laughs> it's not all sunshine and butterflies. It, it really is. There are times where it's like crunch time. Um, you do feel that added responsibility, right? In comparison, I think a more junior engineer on our team might get like five to 10 ticket. I'm picking up everything that they don't finish. Everything that they don't finish and the things assigned to me, right? And usually that's kind of like double the amount. So I think for the listeners out there is you know who you are and you know what you can handle. I can't make that decision for them. And I think everyone needs to make that decision themselves, whether they're ready at that stage to jump from quote unquote, a more junior to a senior software engineer. And that is on you. And all that added responsibility, you know, it does, it's the same like risk reward analogy in that you have all this responsibility, but that's how much, you're actually contributing. So. Yeah. Um, so I had, what was my la- I feel like I have one last thing I wanted to talk about, but I, oh, I kind of just wanted to summarize what we talked about because I think we've, we've covered a lot. Yeah. So I think, you know, Leon, when we started out with you, we talked about the questions that you ask at a large company interview versus a startup. And when we're looking at startups, we're asking them, what are you doing, right? You want to join a startup that you believe in. You want to join a startup where you understand the mission. You also talked about three major pieces of advice that helped guide you through this decision. You talked about advice from a former coworker um, that talks about seeking out the most optimal path to the goals that you want. So if you know you want change, if you know you want something very, very different, if you know that you want more money, if you know that you want uh, more visibility, then don't think, oh, I'm just going to make a really, you know, similar jump to a very similar uh, career and then hope that it changes. You have to go all in, right? The second piece of advice was from someone that actually you interviewed with and you asked to speak to again, even though it wasn't in terms of the interview, just to get advice from them. I I don't know if he called that out, but I Mm -hmm. thought that was very Mm -hmm. interesting bonded with an interviewer and took that extra step to meet with them again. And basically this person told you that they just knew that corporate life wasn't for them. They made that decision. They said they wouldn't go back. And that was very interesting because you started to talk about things like impact, Mm -hmm. right? Like how does, how does it matter? And then I guess the last one is looking back, imagine 80, you're 80 years old. You're looking back and you're saying, did I regret not doing that? Did I regret doing that? Right. And, and trying to help use that when you don't know how to make a decision yeah yeah that summarizes all my points <laughs> really good points all of them the one about reaching to the interviewer again that yeah. uh, the fact that you were actually able to speak to that interviewer speaks to speaks well on 
the company's culture, I feel like, and their accessibility to yeah. others and mentorship and all that stuff, which I feel like you don't see in large companies as much. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you didn't even end up going with that company. You were just willing to... Yeah. Glad you I didn't. I think I was still stuck in the phase of like, should I take it? Should I not take it? And I was only not taking it because I couldn't make a decision. And then I realized that if I can't make a decision, maybe this was not the right time for me. That being said, like a month later, I took another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were ready a month later. Yeah. yeah. I was ready a month later. That's fine. And, and a benefit of that is their financial compensation was better than the other one tune in to the next episode (laughs) where we'll talk about basically how to find a startup right like what are the moves that you have to make what are the actionable steps so i know leon's experience now how do i follow that yes stay tuned for next week Thank you.